Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Welcome back to the Spiraling Higher podcast. It's me, Sam, and we've got Gina in the house. Hello, hello. (laughs) Today, we decided to gift you all with a conversation about manifestation, our manifestation journeys, how we were introduced to manifestation, what we've manifested, lessons we've learned along the way, how we got quote unquote good at manifesting, what methods we use, what we what you should do, what you shouldn't do when it comes to manifesting. So that hopefully after this episode, you have a better grasp on the process of manifesting, how to use it to your advantage and can avoid some pitfalls. I'm ready. There's so much to dive into. There's so much. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things that when Gina and I first met was definitely our mutual love of law of attraction and really all things spiritual. It really is an ultimate manifestation for us to be on this podcast, to be honest, Mm -hmm. having these conversations together, um, which once started as voice notes and then phone calls and now being on the podcast, which is wild. But um, we both knew the powerful law of powerful laws of the universe when we met and we knew that they we knew that they had to have been real for us to have met each other in the way that we did Mm -hmm. you know things were lined up so perfectly and it was almost as if this couldn't have been an accident that was the thing that we kept thinking and so I wonder if there's been something um something other than our friendship that you've manifested that has been just so incredibly kismet and unexplainable so synchronistic that you had to to start believing in law of attraction. I mean, when did you start believing in it? Uh, Mine started when I was about 18, 19, I would say, is when I was first introduced to it. And it was actually Abraham Hicks. And um, I I read, um, yeah, the law of attraction book. And obviously, The Secret was when I first got introduced to it. Um, In terms of things aside from you that I've manifested in my life that leave no room for doubt that that is true and it totally works. It would definitely be my relationship with my husband and my daughter. I mean, my daughter is, I have been, I've known I was going to have a daughter since I was honestly a kid. And it's just, I've always imagined what it was going to feel like. And it's, it's that and, and more. So I think she is definitely a very visceral example of the manifestation abilities. Um, but yeah, my introduction started when I was about 19. And in the, in the beginning, it was kind of like, you believe it, but you're like, is it real? And so you kind mm-hmm. of have fun with it. And so actually, um, the woman that I learned it from originally, we worked together and we started by trying to manifest small things like a free coffee. Um, we're like, let's just see. And then we, one time I remember we were like, okay, let's get a free lunch from our boss. And in my mind, I was like, is that going to happen though? And we were like, let's just believe, let's just believe. And he literally walked down and was like, hey ladies, want to go for lunch? And we were like, oh my God, <laughs> it works. And so I think those, <laughs> those small kind of wins, I guess you can call them, um, you know, those led me into trying for bigger things, but it definitely started with more material things and now has evolved into things much, much bigger than that. Um, mm-hmm. But how about you? Were you kind of 
rolled into yeah. it, I guess. Yeah, I know. I was talking to Gina about this before we hit record, but I was saying that it's a bit odd that as a manifestation coach, I don't, I can't identify one specific memory or time when I realized it was real. And for me, manifestation kind of happened almost in reverse, whereas most people discover that manifesting is real. You might come across a law of attraction video, may have seen one of my videos and you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this legit? I want to try it. Whereas I more started to do an audit of my own life and started looking around and started recognizing the power of my mind to create reality. And so then I just started looking around at the things that were already physically in my life and started thinking, is that a manifestation? Like, did I, oh, Mm -hmm. like, is that a manifest? Oh, okay. I manifested my marriage and I manifested moving here and into this apartment and I manifested this amount of money. And so I was like, oh, okay. So then what's interesting is then I got a bit attached because I thought, oh, well, if I manifest all of this unintentionally, then great. I'm going to use these techniques to manifest on purpose. And so what happens when we do that is we try to manipulate this technique in order to get what we want. And when we do that, we're basically saying energetically that I don't already have this thing. And so you're constantly chasing. And so I was doing it to get more money initially. I was like, I'm going to try and get more money, more money, more money. And then what was interesting is that even as I was manifesting money, right, it wasn't enough. And so this is one of the pitfalls of manifesting is that if you are coming from a place of energetic um, depletion, right, you don't have that thing yet. Even when you get the thing, this dark side of manifesting is that now you have to continue to get more of that thing because you are believing it is the thing itself that is going to give you the feeling. Now, the proper direction, if you will, for manifesting is embodying the feeling before you have the thing. And so what I was looking for with the money was I wanted to feel freedom and safety, but I didn't feel that way as I was chasing the money. I was thinking to myself that I will feel so much more safe, so much more self-assured and confident when I have it. And so then when I would get it, it would be just this mini little drug hit of confidence. And then as soon as the money would wane, because it always does, because money is a current, you're constantly recirculating it. So then I would spend money somewhere or I had to pay a bill. And then I would go immediately back into the feeling of, oh my God, I don't have enough. I need more. And so I was coming at manifestation backwards where I was hoping, although I was successfully manifesting some things the bigger piece was missing, which was that I wanted to feel confident and secure and free throughout the process. And so that's the real, that's the thing about manifesting is that there's only a feeling that you are hoping to get from your thing, right? Some people come to my coaching and they want money. Some people, they want a partner. Someone wants a new job or a new city. And all of these things I know are just arbitrary masks for a feeling that you are hoping that you will be able to access when you achieve it. But I just told you, if you access the feeling when you achieve it, then you have to constantly, constantly keep your wheels turning and continue to manifest more and more of that into your life until you feel that feeling again. It's a very temporary high. It really is like doing drugs, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as you, you smoke it or whatever, then you feel good and then it goes away and then you have to find it again. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I call chasing. That's what I call hustling, you know, hustling for your worth, hustling for freedom, hustling for security. Um, and then when you start getting quote unquote really good at manifesting, what you realize is that every single feeling that I could ever want from my manifestation is available to me right now. What is it? It's a human emotion. Where do we experience human emotions within our own bodies? 
created by our own thoughts, we can align with these manifestations and create these feelings far long and before any physical form takes place. And so one of the things I tell my clients all the time is that your manifestation takes three forms and they are real in all of these forms. They're constantly focusing on the physicality, right? The physical thing that they can see, smell, taste, and touch. But this manifestation will come to you first as an idea or a thought, right? It's the idea that, oh, I would like to have more money. Oh, I would Mm -hmm. like to move to that city. Great. It is now existing in the vibrational reality. It's now in the vortex. It's now in the quantum field, in the you know field of infinite possibilities. This is where it exists on the astral plane. It's real. It's just vibrating so, so, so fast that you can't experience it as physical reality. It's not dense enough yet, right? And so then if you can think about this long enough, then you will start to be then you will start to engender an emotion. You'll start to feel inspired, maybe hopeful, maybe motivated. And then you'll notice that from this place, you actually take an, a natural inspired action. Ooh, I'm going to look up how to start a podcast. Oh, cool. Um, I'm going to buy a microphone, right? You might do these things. Now, what will knock you off the timeline of actually physically manifesting this thing is the belief that it's never going to happen. Or, oh, it has, I don't have enough physical evidence in my environment yet to support this reality. And the fact of the matter is you don't need any physical evidence. It is real as soon as you thought of it. And so that is one of the frameworks I use in my coaching and with my own life is that anytime I think of anything, it's already done, right? That is the, that is the idea behind Abraham Hicks saying, um, ask and it is given, mm-hmm. right? And we look around in the physical environment and we say, but where? I don't see, I don't see him. I don't see her. I don't see the money. And it's like, no, no, no. It became real vibrationally speaking, meaning that this became a reality, just not physically available to you. Just like, um, I want you to imagine Wi-Fi, right? You know, you can't see that, you know, I can't physically see, smell, taste, and touch Wi-Fi, but it's real. It's the reason why my voice goes through this, through this microphone the reason why I can see your video (laughs) feed right now, right? It's completely and totally real, but we are so limited by our five senses, right? We say, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And manifesting is really the opposite way. It is believing it and then being able to physically see it. And so I guess I went a little bit sideways on your, (laughs) to your question, right? (laughs) But my manifestation journey was really realizing that Every single thing I could ever imagine happening in my life has already happened. And so I don't have to feel anxious about it, right? Why would you feel anxious about something you already have, right? But that's such a hard thing to realize in the moment. I feel like there is in everybody's manifestation journey that, that point where you realize that why you're trying to get this in the first place. Right. Because we usually, like you said, want it because we think, okay, once I have that, I'm going to be happy. Once I get that, then I'll be good. My life will be better when I am able to attract this. So you're on this chase to get that thing so you can feel good. But it takes such, such inner work to realize that you can actually feel good now. And then that thing will come. I think that is a very hard thing to wrap your mind around in the moment when you don't have it. Um, And I think in those moments, it's very easy to forget what role we actually play in manifestation, Mm -hmm. right? We often just assume, okay, I'm going to think it, I'm going to create it, I'm going to do it, it's all going to come and it's, it's all on me. And as soon as you realize that your role is really just figuring out the what, and to your point, like as soon as you get the thought of, I want to have a podcast, that 
in and of itself is a manifestation because you yes. are in enough vibrational alignment to receive that thought and that idea. Exactly. And for a long time, I thought, oh, that's just a thought in my head and now I have to go manifest that. But it's like, no, that was actually the first step of the manifestation. You kind of think, yes. oh, that's just coming out of nowhere. It's just in my head. And now I need to go no, and that's create the manifestation. It. But that yeah. is. Yeah. No, I love that. Because when you said, um, oh, I have this thought. Now I have to go manifest it. That's yeah. when you are believing that, yeah, it's all on you once I get to create it. And so then there's a lot of stress. It's like, I have to make this happen. Yes. You know, Abraham Hicks talks a lot about, you don't make anything happen. You just allow things to happen. And so once you manifest that thought, like you said, you're so in vibrational alignment to be able to receive that thought because not everyone receives the thought I should start a podcast. Yes. Not everyone receives the thought that they should go be, um, like go do curling in the Olympics. Like not everyone receives that thought, right? So if you're receiving the thought, you're an energetic match for that reality. Now, what happens is that once you receive the thought, then you follow it up with, oh, but I can never do it. Yes. Um, or that's unreasonable. Or like, yeah. how am I going to be able to do it? And then you knock yourself off the timeline of being able to create that as a physical reality. But it is it is a manifestation when you get the thought. Mm-hmm. And so this is what's so exciting about having an idea because I already know I'm there. I'm almost I'm almost there. By the time you have a thought, you're so close to this becoming a physical reality. You just have to make sure you stay out of the way with really just your, your negative thoughts. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just identifying those and then sidestepping them. Your responsibility is literally just focusing on how you feel. That is it. And being wildly aware of those feelings because some it, it's such a slippery slope. You go from being aligned to not and getting grippy in it's like a dotted tiny the thinnest line ever. And I, it's, it sometimes I just don't catch it right away where I want something so bad and you think you're, you know, you think you're good and you think you're okay with not having it, but you want it so bad. And, and anytime you start to feel that grippiness and, you know, Esther Hicks always says, or Abraham, I should say, always says, you know, going downstream versus upstream. If you feel like you're efforting for your manifestation, you're going the wrong way. And as soon as I notice I'm trying for something, I know that I'm going the opposite direction. And again, it's remembering your role in the whole picture is only focusing on what it is that you're trying to manifest and the why. And then everything else, the how, the when, all of that, you just leave up to the universe, which honestly, in some ways is so, it's such a relief. Yeah. You don't need to do the rest of it. And you don't need to worry about figuring out the perfect timing. And I think for me, the biggest gateway into fully manifesting truly my dream life at this point has been that allowance and that, right? And just letting go of something that I don't have control over and only worrying about what I do have control over. And then everything else I leave up to divine timing. And I trust that, you know, it's the this or something better mentality right? Yeah. Well, leaving it up to divine timing is something we can only do when we understand that we can have the feeling before the thing. Yes. Right. When we start getting really grippy about needing it to happen in one month, two months, three months, one year, we're basically saying, I need this to happen so quickly so that I can stop feeling like shit so that I can finally feel happy. Please come very quickly so that I don't have to feel this way anymore. But when you realize that it's actually you're needing it to happen that quickly, that's actually delaying it. right? Once you actually energetically embody, like this has already happened, this is done. I don't have to worry about it. When this does happen, I will feel happy, but it's really not the manifestation 
physical form that is going to bring you the joy. The joy is being able to embody the feelings of that manifestation before it even manifests. And that's how you actually become an energetic match for it. Mm -hmm. And so half of manifesting is really just letting go of needing the physical thing, right? And so if you are still feeling so attached to the physical thing, what are you believing you will get to feel when you finally have it? Mm -hmm. And why are we not allowing ourselves to feel that way now? You know, is it that you're not feeling that you deserve to be happy until you have this thing? You don't deserve to feel happy and secure until this thing? You know, what lie really is it that you're buying into that you can only feel like that if that thing manifests? And, you know, a lot of people want to manifest a specific person, right? They say, I need it to be that person who Mm -hmm. I manifest a relationship with. And I'm like, oh my God, you're limiting your ability to experience love and compassion and empathy to one human being. Mm-hmm. out of eight, almost 8 billion people, it's not that it's only possible for you to feel love with that person. It's it's the belief that you can only feel that love with that person, mm. right? And so then you are going to be really attached to it. And then you are going to think, I need it to be this person. But in doing so, you actually also repel that person. 100%. 100%. It's kind of like when you know, you're know you begging a guy to propose over and over. It just makes him not want to do it. Whereas if you were to just leave it, you know, maybe he would have come to, on its ter- on his own terms to do that. Um, but with regards to money, I think money is such a tricky one because if you really are struggling with money and you just are going paycheck to paycheck, it is extremely hard not to think that your life will be better when you get the money because you have none. And you're stressed about it all the time. And so that was the constant cycle that I was in. And the narrative that I kept saying to myself was every time I get money, it goes away. Every time I have a big chunk of money, it's just enough. And then I lose it again. And I just kept buying into that story. And unknowingly, I was equally attracting money and repelling it at the same time. And I got to the point for me where I literally just lost I kept losing money. It got to the point where I just physically just could not hold on to it. And I really got to rock bottom and I had to ask myself, okay, like, what am I doing wrong? What is the universe trying to tell me? There is a message here and I'm not getting it. And essentially from that, I had a lot of epiphanies and a lot of breakthroughs where I realized that I'm writing out these affirmations like, I am rich and wealthy. I am. So I have so much money in my bank account and I couldn't attach to that affirmation. It didn't seem true to me. And so I really had to find ways, like you were saying, to feel the feeling of what money would bring me, which was ultimate freedom, abundance, feeling happy. Um, And then I had to really break it down from there of like, how do I feel abundant if I don't have money? And you then break it down into things like love from your child or love from your friends. Or honestly, I would look at turning on my water tap and water just comes out automatically, just unlimited. And really getting that, um, I guess, more general. And when you can tap into that feeling of abundance where you really don't need the money and you can find happiness and joy with the life that you already have, the floodgates just opened for me after that. Um, Because then I was honestly didn't really feel like I needed the money to be happy. Um, I really taught myself how to find that level of joy with nothing. And just really, right? Yeah, it's like a true, it truly is be it to receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was struggling with money, I, I would recall times in my life when I didn't have any. And I would look back at my happiest memories and be like, oh, like I was happy without money before too, which means mm. I can be happy again. And I focused on what was making me happy in those moments. And it was, I had really good friendships. Mm-hmm. Do I have good friendships now? 
Yeah. You know, I went to have nice meals still. Somehow I managed to go eat at nice places. I was like, can I eat whatever I want right now? Yeah. You know, you can feel abundant in so many ways that are not, do not have anything to do with money, mm-hmm. right? Abundance existed before money. Mm. So um, sometimes I'll go, I love how you said how you turn on the water tap and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much water there. You know, sometimes I'll go into nature and just like look at all of the leaves and just trees and flowers. And I'm just thinking there's so much here. The universe is so naturally abundant. Um, And money is just one of the manifestations of abundance. It's just one of them. And so you can focus on something in your life where you already have ample abundance. You know, Mm -hmm. stop zeroing in on the one area where you have nothing. When you're, it's like, I think you sent me before a meme where the guy with the magnifying glass yes. looking at the problem. <laughs> yeah. And then, then behind him is like the entire universe essentially. And so that's how it feels when you're zeroing in on the one thing you don't have, when there's so many other ways to embody those feelings of love and openness and, mm. you know, hopefulness and inspiration. There's so many other areas of your life. And so it really is a, the job is for you to really zoom out. When it comes to manifesting, a lot of you come to this practice and you're like, this specific area where I feel totally crap in, I need to fix. And it's like, it's your locus, your inner locus of concentration on that one specific thing that is making it so much more sticky and resistant for you. And so that's why when so many people are like, you know what, F this, I'm just going to, you know, live and love my single life or, you know what, F money, (laughs) you know, you just kind of relax your approach to that area. And then naturally things start flowing in Mm -hmm. because you are no longer fudging it up with all of your disbelief and all of your anxiety and all of your worry. You know, those aren't energetic matches to how you feel about money. I mean, one of the ways I finally started figuring money out was when I actually watched a video where someone says, okay, we're going to do, um, we're going to do like a quick experiment. Whenever you think about money, what is the feeling that comes up? Right. And for most people, this is not me anymore. But at the time, it was like, I just feel like anxious. I feel nervous. I feel just like angry, even. Right. Those were the kinds of emotions I had towards money. And then she was asking the person to then tell her how you would feel if you had a lot of money, though. And I was like, oh, I, I, I'd feel really good. I'd feel, I, I'd feel so secure. I feel so whatever. And she was like, then how do you expect? money to come in when the energy of money is freedom and you feel really good, but you feel bad every time you think about it. Mm -hmm. Right. This is when I started learning about the energetic match we have to become in order to literally attract something, right? You don't go out there and get it. It comes to you. Mm -hmm. So what am I, what am I energetically emitting, you know, when it comes to say money, right? And so now what's so funny is money is not a problem for really either of us because when we think about it, we feel naturally relaxed thinking about it. But for all those years when you were hitting rock bottom over and over, it was because even when you got money, you still felt scarce. Well, because then it was like, I have to hold on to it and I need to keep it and I need to protect it. And if you are, if you're trying to embody yourself as somebody that has a lot of money, and I had to really think about that, you know, the, the highest version of myself that has unlimited resources, you know, really has unlimited wealth, she would not be holding on to this one paycheck. She would not be gripping onto it and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, what if it doesn't come back again and I have to make sure I spend this wisely? She's not worried about it at all. Just like we don't worry about water turning on in our tap. We just know it's going to be there, right? So it's, it's, yes. 
girlfriend, you know, doesn't text you back and is out with their friends, then you start freaking out. You're like, what, what's happening? Are they cheating on me? Are they going to come home on time? Like you, you start going into an anxious spiral. Whereas if you are in a confident relationship with this person, then you don't worry about when they are late coming home. You're like, oh, I guess I got caught up at work or you just don't worry about that. And then they show up and then you don't have like a whole, you know, argument about it. You don't trigger them. And so it's the same thing with money. It's like, how confident can you feel about this natural flow? Because the thing about having money too, is you don't just hoard a million dollars and then feel relaxed for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, to be a millionaire, you are someone who is naturally confident and comfortable with the steward, like stewarding the flow of that much money, right? Because you don't, it, it fluctuates, right? If, if you're running a million dollar business, then you've got money going out quite a bit, right? You've got overhead expenses, you have staff, and you're constantly using money to grow the business and to market. And then, yeah, then more flows in through the purchase of your services or your products. It's, it's a constant flow. And so if you can't get over that, you know, sense of, oh my God, but now I'm losing it, right? There's always more, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same thing even with relationships. Like if it doesn't work out with one person, like there's, there's, there's always more. There's more people. More fish mm-hmm. in the sea is what they said, right? More fish in the sea. Yeah. I mean, in terms of relationships, and this goes with friendships, even a working relationship, um, I'm pretty sure it was Joe Dispenza who said this, but he was talking about attracting your ideal partner. And he said, you know, for everybody who wants to do that, I want you to get out a piece of paper and write down every single thing that you want to manifest in this dream partner. And, you know, everyone's like writing it all down. And I'm even mentally in my mind thinking, okay, like what would, you know, what, what are some things that I want to attract in my relationships? So you're writing down all these qualities and then he was like, all right, to manifest this, become all of these things. And yeah. it's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm not even being all of these things on this list, but I'm expecting to attract this. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty funny when you kind of realize that you really, it comes down to you embodying the version of yourself that would have these things. Yeah. Manifestation and, truly is embodiment. Yes. Right. And when you don't have it yet, it's disembodiment, right? It's, Mm. I am not that. I could never be that. I could never have that. And so you won't. And so it does feel really odd at first to embody something that you don't yet have. But I think realizing what we talked about in this call so far or this podcast so far is that your manifestation has multiple forms, not just Mm. physical, right? You can embody the manifestation as soon as it comes into thought form. As soon as it comes into emotional form, right? Those are the directions of your manifestation. They always happen in this way. Now, you might have manifested something physical and not realize that you've had those thoughts or those emotions. But if you go back, that's what I did. I kind of started reverse engineering. Like, what did I do to be able to manifest this? Oh, okay. I was thinking this and I was feeling that and I was inspired by that, right? It starts always in these more uh, light forms, right? These these non-physical forms, And so you don't need something to be physical for you to have it. You have it already, right? That is the premise behind um, Abraham's asking it is given, really. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so hard. I mean, even hearing that, like I can hear myself hearing you say that in my 20s and I'm like, but I want it though. But it's not here. It's so hard for people to have that faith, but it really does come down to understanding just the actual... um, 
the vibrational, even the currency of that and the vibrational energy, when you really understand, even with money specifically, that it really is just energy. I think that was one of the things that really helped me because you think of money as this physical paper or numbers in your bank account. But when you think about it as energy, and one way that really helped me to think of it that way was thinking about money as a person. Mm -hmm. I personified money and made it my best friend because I realized that I was spending so much time talking shit about it. Yeah. Why would they want to hang out with you? Totally. Why would like, it was what you were saying. Like how would the energy that I was emitting around money was very desperate. It was very angry. There was also a lot of shame around Mm -hmm. it. I had to go through a lot of forgiveness. I think that's what people always underestimate is the inner work that does need to happen before you can even attract these things. Because part of the reason why you feel so attached to this is typically because there is a level of feeling unworthiness without it. So when you start working on the worthiness first, and when I could start feeling good about myself without the money, then all of a sudden the money just doesn't have as much weight. It it just doesn't matter as much because you're already good. It's just gravy. Right. It just becomes money, which is a neutral entity, right? You are making money mean so many more things than it means, or you're making money mean then I feel worthy. You're making money mean then I will feel good enough, right? But money doesn't mean any of that. Money is just a neutral tool, mm-hmm. tool for exchange. That's it, right? And having more of it doesn't make you a more worthy person than not having it. Mm. And so when you can really embody your worthiness before having it, then yeah, it, it will just quickly flow into your life re- really quickly, actually. Um, and so that's why also in my coaching program, you know, it's not just about manifesting. It's about healing because your ability to manifest any reality will come down to how willing you are to do the inner work that's preventing you from aligning with that reality, right? Mm-hmm. What limiting beliefs do we have that are getting in the way? What conditions and past traumas have we experienced that are really creating blocks towards everything we could experience? Because to manifest things, you have to realize it's all possible. It really is all possible. And a lot of this might sound really esoteric and over your heads, but anything that you can see anyone else having manifested is possible for you because that's the law of one, right? Mm -hmm. We're all one. So if someone else has done it, then you can do it. But that person has less limiting beliefs or traumas or blocks to experiencing that reality. You know, and one of the things I told my clients in one of our final coaching calls was that to the universe, $20 and $20 million is the same. Mm -hmm. The universe does not give a value to $20 versus $20 million. It's the human mind mm-hmm. that gives a different value to those numbers. Oh my gosh. I, like, Can you manifest $20 by tomorrow? Probably. You could sell your tea kettle or whatever in your house. You can manifest 20 bucks. <laughs> but if someone were to task you with manifesting $20 million, what's going to come up? Oh my God, that's way too much money. I could never do that. That's insane. How am I going to get this? Right. All of that's going to get in the way. Now, there's someone literally on earth right now that if they were tasked with manifesting $20 million, they could literally do it. Yeah. There's someone on earth right now who'd be like, easy, I'll call up like these rich guys, these investors, you know, we'll start like a funding for blah, 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 20 million, done. That sounds crazy to you right now, but that manifestation can literally happen within a day or a few days, a week, whatever. Mm -hmm. To the universe, it's nothing. What gets in the way of your manifestation literally is you, it's you versus you. The universe is like, I can give you whatever you like, but it's you needing to actually align with the possibility that this is really true. It it can happen for you. And so most of the work when it comes to manifesting is not the specific method that you need to apply. It's going in deep and figuring out when did I start believing that this wasn't possible? 
Mm. What experiences have led to this assumption and conclusion that that could never be me? Mm-hmm. Right. What what is the limiting belief and which is a vibration that's not an energetic match to what I want to experience? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also, you know, talking about the different methods, um, I was always on a hunt for the one method. You know, I've downloaded mm. every book, every course. And I think something that does trip a lot of people up. Um, and I'm sure you've witnessed this as well, is that a lot of manifestation teachers do teach things like how to manifest your ideal partner in 30 days, how to get your next $1,000 in the next 10 days. And it's all tied to times, which I think just repels your manifestation because if it doesn't happen on time, you're then thinking it didn't work, which completely then knocks you out of trust. And I think if you can go into manifestations, which this is my approach personally, is I want to manifest X, Y, Z, this or something better. So when it doesn't work out, I'm like, yes, that means there's something even better than what I thought I was trying to manifest. And then I'm still staying in alignment and then I do receive the thing. So I'm very unattached to the timing because again, I really do believe in divine timing and I would never, I honestly just don't, I I have a very big awareness now that I do not know what is best. I do not have infinite Mm. intelligence. I don't know what is going to be the absolute best orchestration of the things that I want. So I really like to leave that up to the universe and just say, show me how good it can be. I, this is what I want. You know what I want. It's in there. Now just deliver it to me in the most magical, mystical, amazing way possible. And honestly, manifesting you into my life has been such an incredible example for that because yeah. you and I came into each other's lives, I mean, very much by accident. And But I have been manifesting you for years before we yeah. met, right? And we couldn't have even, we couldn't have even imagined this, this relationship, right? Like if you had actually manifested what you thought you wanted in a best friend, it it would have not been this good, (laughs) right? So sometimes what we're trying to manifest is actually smaller than what's possible for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what's not happening. But also to your point about the time, I really don't like that either because time is scarcity, Right. So 30 days, it's like, okay, I need to make it happen in 30 days in order to feel this way. But it's like, why are we so attached to the time? Why do we need to have it in 30 days? If we can embody how it feels to have that thing now, then 30 days or 30 years is, is no, is no thing. It's no thing. Also, um, the first lesson I teach in my coaching program is about the nature of reality. So we do talk about time Mm -hmm. because that's really important. We are only ever living in the eternal now. This seems to be a shock to most people, <laughs> although <laughs> although they understand on some level that we are living in the present, it still doesn't actually register as present moment embodiment, embodiment right? They're still in their heads about being in the future and being in the 30 days forward when they will have the thing. They're focusing on all the things that happened last week and how maybe awful and terrible that was, right? A lot of us are not actually living in the moment. Mm -hmm. And if you were to exist here in the moment, you'd realize that everything's fine, right? What you're actually projecting is that if you don't have this thing in 30 days, or if you don't have this relationship, you don't have this money, then you will feel bad. Mm -hmm. But if you look around the room or the car or whatever that you're sitting and listening to this, everything is fine in this particular moment. What's not fine are your thoughts about what's happening or not happening or going Mm -hmm. to happen or have happened. You know, one of my biggest awakenings was basically having a panic attack and then looking around my apartment and realizing i'm just i'm just a girl on a couch and nothing is nothing dangerous is happening at this moment 
I'm physically completely fine, but I'm in a complete panic about everything that I'm currently just thinking inside of my head. Mm. None of that's happening. Literally none of it. I'm just sitting here and my body is physically intact. There are no threats in my environment, yet I'm having a panic attack, mm. right? Now, what leads to panic attacks? Thoughts, right? We, we don't generally experience them based on physical threats in the environment, although that can happen, right? It's more rare, but most people's panic attacks are things that are happening in the environment. And so, you know, when we are getting attached to a timeline, we are projecting somewhere that is outside of the present. And that is what is causing a lot of anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And so if we can actually recall ourselves back into the present moment, and then in the present, we can feel actually that calmness and that peacefulness and that wholeness. Now we're not so addicted to needing that thing happening in a certain amount of time because mm -hmm. we're good. We're good here in the present. Um, very hard to explain and embody, but yeah, accessing the present moment is going to be hugely important to your manifestations because the more you constantly project to the future where you're going to feel better then, it's going to be so much better than it is right now, you know, that is how you can pretty much guarantee yourself to be an energetic mismatch for what you want to experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like a totally. guarantee. Yeah. Like the more you're focusing on the future, the less, the less close you are to manifesting that as a physical reality that you will experience in your present. And I think it really depends though, because if you can think about your future and feel aligned and True. without that feeling of, you know, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I get there. I need to get there. Then it can work. And I think that goes into the next topic around, again, the methods of what works and what doesn't. I think the thing that is really important to keep in mind is that it's not like you just take one bite of it and you learn it and you're you're good. Manifestation is a constant cycle of relearning a new lesson, um, now rewiring a different part of your subconscious. Now you're realizing that, hey, there's still a trigger there. There's still something to unlock there. It, it's just, I mean, that's the title of our podcast, right? Spiraling higher. Um, I feel like a lot of people fall into this trap of thinking, oh, I need to be happy all the time. And if I have a bad day, I'm now going to manifest something bad. And then you start to spiral the opposite way. But, you know, Abraham Hicks talks about this all the time, that contrast or that negative emotion, it actually is part of manifestation too. Yes. So when you have the belief that all of it, the good and the bad and everything in between is all working for you and it's all existing so that you can get clear on what you want, so that you can then heal a trigger that's going to help you be in more energetic alignment. When you realize that these are also working for you, then you just honestly are so much more free, which then makes you feel abundant, which then makes you feel more love for yourself. It really just is this constant um, you know, cycle that's either building momentum in the positive direction, or sometimes it's building momentum in the other direction. But again, even that is working out for you if you can see it that way. Yeah. And then also your manifestation journey is lifelong yes. because as soon as you manifest the thing that you currently are wanting, there will be another thing. Mm -hmm. And this is not a failure. This does not mean that your life is just constantly not good enough. This is just the nature of being on the physical plane. It's like, it's literally like eating, you know, you get hungry and you want to eat spaghetti. And so you make this whole meal and you eat so much of it. This is literally me last night. <laughs> you eat so much. And then you think I'm literally so effing full. I'm never going to eat again. Right. You literally think that yes, for yeah. like <laughs> half a day, a night, a few hours. And then you do get hungry again. And it's not a failure that you got hungry again. It's just 
how it is. And it's exciting that you got hungry again, actually, because, you know, I had spaghetti last night, but today I can have, you know, Thai coconut soup or pizza. And it's awesome that you get to try all of these different things. How desperately sad it would be, how, how awful it would be if you ate once and then you never got to eat again. You just, you were just full forever and you never got to try another food because if you ate another bite, you would just combust. But mm. that is how it is with manifesting. You manifest one thing and then, ooh, there's another thing I want to try. Ooh, and there's another thing I want to create and make that physical. And it's a joyous process. And even with like the eating, if you enjoy cooking, then that part is enjoyable, right? Mm. Now, a really good example for the opposite of that is there's a lot of people who don't like cooking. They're like, F that. I just want it to be fast food. I just want to pick it up. And so, you know, we have to kind of think about like, why are we trying to rush that process? Because I've, I've recently actually really fallen in love with cooking and I'm starting to really love that process. And before I'm like, why was I trying to rush that? I was just trying to eat the thing and be done, but you can enjoy the whole thing, the whole process. On, I don't know if this is really related, but an, another analogy I like to think of with manifestation is like a really, really long car ride. And that's really just like your your life, right? Like taking a long road trip. And this more kind of leads into, I guess, our expectations around manifestation because I think people just think, okay, why well, I've got the car, it's filled with gas, I'm going to make it my whole life and I'm not going to have any problems. Um, but in manifestation, a lot of times you do need to pull over to the side of the road and change the tire or do a fine tune or fill it up with gas and things like that. And I think, again, just understanding that all of that is also part of the manifestation. Because I think for me, for a very long time, I just expected that I'm supposed to feel good 24-7 about every single thing about the entire journey. Um, but I think when you have that expectation that you're never going to have a bad day or once you do have a lot of money, you're never going to have any bad thoughts about money that can often kind of push us off kilter more than it should because we now feel shame for falling off in the first place. But that would be like the same as expecting this car to never need gas for an entire road trip across like the, you know, North America. Like that's crazy. Of course, you're going to need to fine tune and get some oil and things like that. So I think it's also, you know, the manifestation journey and all of that healing that comes with it. It is this constant process of reconditioning and relearning as you keep on elevating into new levels of consciousness. Now you can almost manifest I mean, like, think about your journey from when you first learned about manifestation till now. It's so mm, different. Mm-hmm. It's so right? different. I mean, yours as well. Yeah. And so I guess at this point, what do you use as a method for manifesting? Mine is, yeah. Mine is just all about um, how do I feel good? It's not just my very general thing. I, I, like to think of it like a Where's Waldo page. When I have mm. something in my life that I don't like, I'm just constantly scanning for the Waldo or the good thing. And I just try to find whatever, right? And and I think Abraham Hicks talks about this a lot. When you're in a situation that you don't like, you have to find something about it that you can like. And if you can't, you lining. drop it. And you think about something else. I always say to Sam, it's like a hot potato. You have to drop it. If it's too hot and every time you think about the money, it's bringing up resistance, just drop it and think about anything else that you can feel good about. I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions that people have is that you think when you have to manifest money that everything you think about around manifestation has to be on the topic of money. And that is probably the biggest misconception I had learned. Um, and when you realize that if you want to manifest 10 different things, like a car, a house, a partner, all of those things, but you can feel good about just one of them, you actually will be in 
energetic alignment for all 10, Mm -hmm. right? So you don't have to feel high vibe all the time about that one specific topic. So I think my method is really just going general every time I need to, you know, getting off the topic if it feels too hot, quote unquote, or if it feels too grippy. I just try to shift my focus and pivot my attention into something that does feel good, that does feel free, that does feel abundant, that does feel like love. And that has just been my easiest guidance system into attracting everything I want. It's just how do I start to feel good? I love I love the going general because we have to talk about alignment and what that really is and why going general helps. So with alignment, a lot of people are like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean when you're aligned? When you're aligned, what is happening is that So remember the manifestation comes in three forms, the thought and the feeling and the physical. And so alignment would be identifying what physical reality you want to experience. So whether it is a certain amount of money or whether it is a certain job, you know, identifying that specifically, right? Getting clear on that. And then alignment would be to support that reality with thoughts and feelings that energetically line up with it. So when you thought about the money, you were not feeling the energetics that you would want to feel, the emotion that you would want to feel when you have the money. So you have to drop it and think of a different thought that would energetically line you up with it. So we need a thought and an emotion that feels a match, like a match for the reality we want to create. And so if I want to create this podcast, for example, and I imagine how it would make me feel, it probably would make me feel inspired and excited, right? What would I need to think about the podcast or about something else completely entirely different, right? It doesn't have to be even about the podcast. What would I need to call upon as a thought form to align with this physical reality that I want to experience? And so one of the thoughts that I leaned on was, I can't wait for people to hear our conversations. If Even if it affects one person, it will have been worth it, right? So if I had thought maybe things like, <sighs> I don't know, we did have some resistant thoughts, right? That weren't oh, yeah. alignment. Yeah, definitely. So I had to really shift out of the mango general. One person, if one person listens, it would be worth it. Um, you know what? This podcast is mainly for us. If, even if we're the only ones who ever listened to it, it would still be worth it, right? Those thoughts were helpful and in alignment with the reality we wanted to experience, which was being a podcast host and releasing a podcast. And the emotions that came up when I thought those thoughts were of excitement and hopefulness. Um, whereas if I thought thoughts like, mm, I don't even know how to do a pod. I don't know how to edit a podcast. Um, what? Do, how do we even upload these? Right? If I had thought all of those, I would have just gotten into anxiety and then fear, and then I would have stalled ever. I would have been. I would have been delaying the reality where I am a podcast host. Mm. And so alignment is simply when we have a thought and an emotion, thought and emotion that is a match for the reality we want to experience. Now, if you want to experience being a singer but you think you suck at singing, that's out of alignment, right? Right, And that's a silly example, but how can you consciously choose a belief that will actually match up with what you want to experience? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be one of those crazy affirmations, like I am rich, right? That actually was causing energetic resistance. Yes. That wasn't in alignment because the emotion that came up from that was no, I'm not, or like the thought that followed up was no, I'm not. So then the feeling was shame and guilt. Yes. So we have to pick something else. So going general is so helpful because once we zoom further out and pick something so general, it's like we can't even, we can't refute it almost. Mm. And so then it helps us energetically align with what we want to experience. Yeah, it really is just simplifying, I think, 
our own needs of what we think we need to be happy. I mean, I am not a nature person at all. Um, but since meeting Sam, um, I have learned to appreciate nature a lot more. Um, I went on my first hike ever with her. And mm-hmm. honestly, since then, I've started doing these nature walks. And when I go into nature and you just look at these massive trees, and one of the, my favorite visualizations that I do when I go into the forest is really just like, like even if there was a huge windstorm and half of these trees got torn off, like it doesn't matter. The forest would just keep growing back. You know, the branches go through all these seasons and they still grow back. Like there's just so much. And when I think about my vortex or, you know, the space, the energetic space where all of my manifestations kind of live before they come into the physical world. And I think of them as this abundant forest. And even if one of them didn't happen, there's still all of these other trees. Like when you just think of it that way, that there's so much and there's so much that life has to offer us. And we just get to be kind of like childlike and just see how it all plays out and be in positive expectation, excited. It's just so much more freeing to live that way versus Mm. forcing something to happen and waiting for something to happen. You know, every day something good happens if you if you try to find that. So, you know, that where, where is Waldo thing for me helps a lot because every day I just wake up and just try to find as many good things that make me smile as possible. And, you know, it really is, um, even in work, you know, sometimes if we have difficult clients or we're doing something and we're really tired, you know, even then, every time I kind of catch myself feeling anything other than what I want to feel, it's like, okay, how do I reframe this? How can I scan here for the Waldo of this situation to find something good about it? Um, and that's so much harder, right? It's so much easier. And people, you know, do tend to complain a lot to each other. I know within, um, you know, my real estate business, I talk to a lot of agents, and it's so funny because. People go from saying, oh my gosh, I need clients or I need more money. And any business owner can really relate to this. But then as soon as you get a bunch of clients, a lot of people complain about how busy they are and you're just repelling it again. And a lot of people do this in relationships. Like I want this perfect partner, but then as soon as they meet someone, then they're like complaining about this person that they have to deal with and fight with all the time. So it's really funny how we unconsciously do repel things um, as soon as we get them. So I think becoming wildly aware of the thoughts that we're having um, and being paying a lot of attention to how we're feeling in the in-between moments, like when you're driving a car or when you're standing in line. Um, it's easy to kind of think about these emotions when we're at, we're more like journaling, but I found that there's a lot of energetic space in between my meditations and like the time that I go to bed where I was in like very unconsciously feeling and emitting a lot of emotions that were not in alignment. And um, once I became aware of those, things really started to change. Yeah. I mean, that can definitely happen after the manifestation, but a lot of, I'm thinking of our our listeners who might be pre-manifestation and to your point, there actually might still be some unconscious pain associated with what you want to manifest. So mm. like you said, with the clients thing, you you were able to manifest clients, but let's say you weren't. Well, it's because you might be believing when you do manifest clients that you're going to be so busy and overwhelmed. Right. And so you're actually saying, I don't want that. I don't want that. You think you want that, but subconsciously it's going to be painful for you to actually experience that. Mm. Same thing with relationships. You know, a lot of people say they want a relationship, but they're actually nervous and about being vulnerable. They're scared to be vulnerable and they know that if they're going to genuinely create a deep connection with someone, that will be a requirement of their relationship. Mm. For me, my money story, I mean, you know, I was so scared of like not being able to manage money. Yeah. I was like, what am I was like, I was like, even if someone gave me a million dollars, it wouldn't have made me even feel that great because I would have thought, what do I do with it? Like, how do I make sure I I manage it properly and it doesn't go anywhere? So I was energetically repelling it. The universe was like, oh, you don't want that. Cool. 
We'll just make it harder for you to get it. And we're like, we don't want you to experience that annoying pain anyways. Right. And so I had to change the story. Truly, I think at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we manifest our stories. Yes. What story are we creating about this thing that we want to call into our life? You know, is it something that's going to produce more anxiety, more fear, or is it going to feel truly beautiful and Mm. energetically open and exciting? And how can we start embodying a lot of that prior to that thing becoming physical, right? And so- Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I I always love doing, I'm a very visual person and I just love knowing the fact that our brain literally does not know the difference between a memory that we're remembering or if we're experiencing right now. And you did bring this up in a previous um, episode about Disneyland. And, you know, I recently went back um, a few months ago, but even before we went, like I've already gone before. So I could honestly like envision like walking on the cement, you know, waiting in the line, leaning on the little fence, like seeing the different characters, going on the ride, feeling the wind. And when I close my eyes, it's honestly as if I'm there. And so when you realize that you have that power to tap into those feelings and that that is the equivalent of your brain thinking that this is actually happening, um, it's actually such a, again, powerful and very freeing thing and something that's makes the process enjoyable. Um, from it, it made me not feel like this huge, time pressure impatience to to get it right now because i realize i can actually just start to feel that just in my imagination which i think is pretty cool um i have a question for you though about your clients cuz obviously now you've coached quite a few people and i'm sure people are going to be curious to know this but since everyone's manifesting something different but there's probably a few main things that most people are trying to manifest right but what does it all boil down to when you get to the root of it and you keep asking them, why do you want it? Why do you want it? What are the common themes that you are hearing? Every single manifestation um, that anyone wants is a mask for love, right? We want we want more money so that we can feel loved. We want a partner so we can feel loved. We want this job and we want this respect or whatever so that we can feel loved. But the craziest thing is that we're not looking for anyone else to love us, although we think that's what we're looking for. Yeah. We're looking for us to love us. We're looking for permission to be okay with ourselves. Mm. And so there's this idea that if I have this money, then I'll feel okay about myself. You know, when I finally get this job, then I'll finally be able to relax. You know, mm. we're actually just, we're actually looking for relief. You know, it's like I've, asked so many clients over and over again, you know, okay, okay, let's just play this out. Okay. You have the money, you have the partner, you know, you're finally in this home that you love and you have everything you've ever needed and wanted. What feeling washes over you? They always say, I just feel really peaceful, Mm. right? I just feel really calm. I feel okay. Like Like full. yeah, like I don't have to keep rushing anymore. Mm. I'm like, yeah, you're looking to feel peace and calm within yourself, but you don't have to go and do all those crazy things in order to feel that way. Mm-hmm. You can do it right now. We can meditate together right now and we can create that feeling of calmness and peace in your body now. Now, what's interesting is that we're much more effective um, when we are calm, right? A lot of us are trying to get a lot of things done from a place of anxiety, mm. very ineffective. Although it feels productive. We, we think we need to drink like four shots of coffee or espresso and then move throughout the day in this like panic to get everything done. We're actually much more efficient when we come into a place of 
calm and peacefulness. And from that place, you can attract all of those things without being anxiously attached to it and running after it, right? It's the law of attraction, not the law of chasing, Mm. right? So from a place of peace, a lot of these things can come into our awareness and be experienced as a manifestation in the physical reality. But yeah, the common theme definitely is that we are looking for our own permission to feel love, to feel peace, to feel relaxation. And they just wear these masks. Mm, I love that. I mean, that's, I think, the craziest realization that you do get when you get into this level of really being a powerful manifester. You do realize that really you are just chasing this love that you can only give to yourself. And when you learn that, and you learn that you are the one who can give it to yourself, then the need for external things, external validation, external love becomes completely unnecessary. And that's how you're able to manifest things without being grippy because you're like, well, I already got everything I need right here within myself. Um, But again, that's why that inner work is is, is so, um, so deep. Um, Mm. you know, you start this journey thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just going to manifest my dream business and a bunch of money. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm actually just learning how to love myself. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I'm just learning how to be kind to myself. And I think that's why the chase is always so fruitless because we're chasing something that's never going to fill us up. We're chasing, it's never going to work. And I think that was the biggest realization for me was it always fell short and it was always so disappointing and then you're just like, oh, I just need to manifest more of it then. I need to, need to fill mm-hmm. it with something else. And it would always be such a letdown. And um, when you start to realize that it's just accessed within yourself, I mean, that's probably just our higher self telling us that's the wrong spot. You need to go somewhere yeah. else. And when you start to on that journey of, you know, that self-love and, um, you know, filling up your own cup in that way, it's it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. 100%. Do you, do, yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people to... Like, is there a resistance piece where when you teach them that, that they still think, no, but I'll feel that when I get this thing? Oh, yeah. And that's the work, right? Yeah. You know, I always reflect back on, I remember hearing this Jim Carrey speech where he said, I I love that one. I wish everyone could get rich and famous and they could realize that that's not it. Yeah. And if I heard this quote the other day and it really resonated with me where it was saying, um, knowledge is just a rumor until it lives in the bones. And that is so true because I remember hearing that and thinking, "Mm, you're kidding, right, Jim? Wink, wink, (laughs) right? But for me, part of my manifestation journey, which I didn't mention, was actually getting something I really thought that I I wanted. I remember when I was still full-time in real estate and I reached this goal and I was just in an immediate panic after reaching it because it was that same, what you said about how now I need to do more of it. Right? It was now you have to keep recreating it. it. Now, now I have to keep recreating it. Oh my gosh, I have to do it again next year. And it was such an incredible letdown, right? Waiting the entire year to get to this place where I could finally relax because I finally reached my goal. And I remember spending all of Christmas break just like panicking about how I was going to recreate the same result the next year. And then that's when like my journey really started, my dark night of the soul, where I was just like, what if I just literally stopped needing that? What if I just didn't care about creating that? And then so much more abundance came in from that letting go place. And so when you think you've let go, you need to let go some more because the attachment is what is causing so much of the pain. It's not even the absence of the thing. It's that you're still believing the thing is going to give you everything that you can only give yourself. And really the thing is just an excuse to give yourself permission to feel that thing. 
yeah. which you give yourself temporarily. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a never-ending well of love and self-compassion that you can pull from, that you can, yeah, that you can reach into your own self. And um, the manifestations really, when you get to a certain level, they just become sprinkles. Like you, you are the whole Sunday. And I love this every, yeah, everything that you can achieve externally is just a little sprinkle. You're like, oh, that's cool. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste the flavor of any, doesn't change the flavor of any of this at all. It's just a garnish, right? It's, it's not going to be the thing that truly makes you feel whole. And I hope, I hope more and more people, um, do get manifestations and they have to go on this kind of reverse journey. Um, that's what happened for me, you know, a- obtaining something in the physical realm and realizing, wait, I don't feel happy. Mm-hmm. I actually feel anxious. <laughs> this didn't work properly. Am I doing this wrong? And I think that that just might be one of the journeys that you go on. Um, or you can maybe just circumvent that entire process completely and listen to what we're saying and really just embody <laughs> how it feels to have that thing. Just just walk, just practice it for a month. You know, you have nothing to lose. Um, one of the things that helped me manifest everything in the past year was the question, what is the downside of believing it could all happen? Mm. And then just sitting with that, you know, is there a downside? What could that be? And realizing, I don't think there is. I don't mm. think there's a downside in believing it could all happen. If anything, I might be able to manifest a fraction of what could happen, but no downside. So just embodying that and seeing what comes as a result. You're already in the place where you don't have it. So what could be so terrible about imagining that you could have it? Mm. Yeah, I love that that quote that's like, worrying is using your imagination to create something you don't want. So if you can use mm. your imagination for that, like what could go right? Um, I think for me that my journey um, kind of to take on to your thing has just been more, like I said, just really scanning every day. As soon as I wake up, the first thing I think is, just something. Thank you for something, you know? And and then from there, I just try to maintain this level of finding as many things that I can appreciate in my life. Um, you know, a lot of times now when I drive, I actually drive in silence because I'm able to notice things so much more like the trees going by, the fact that I'm driving a vehicle that is literally moving me at very fast speeds from one place to another. Um, you know, like even just little things, right? Like that I can kind of appreciate on my journey. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's, it's you do start to learn as you go on this manifestation kind of path that um, you're really just seeking something that is so deep within yourself. And the reason why it's so hurts so much when you're not getting these things is because it's like, your higher self being like, it's over here. It's me. You just need love from yourself. And so it's such a beautiful journey. It was a very accidental thing for me. Um, I really didn't know that I was on a journey for self-love. I did not think that that's what I was going to get, but I got that. And and now everything else really just, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Even in the time that you and I have known each other in the past few years, our manifestations have changed so much. Are the things that we're manifesting have changed so much. So, I mean, on that note, I guess to close off this episode, I wanted to ask you, what are you currently trying to manifest right now? Hmm, a couple things. Um, one of the things I've actually, this is crazy, something just materialized yesterday, but I was actually trying to manifest more 
live events where mm. I can coach and speak and teach on this in person. Um, so yeah, I'm manifesting more retreats or mm. speaking engagements. And it's crazy. Yesterday, just completely out of the blue, someone in my past asked me if I would come speak at her retreat. So I guess I've already manifested it, but I already done more. I want to manifest more. And this is the thing. It didn't make me feel better than how I felt in order to manifest it. Mm, I already knew yeah. it was in the vortex. I already knew it was going to come. And when it came, I was like, oh, sounds good. It got Great. delivered. Got delivered. Yeah, exactly. It's like ordering an Amazon package. I don't wonder when it's going to get there. I just check the lobby and then I see that it's already arrived. And I'm like, great. Yep. I feel just as good when I order it as when I receive it. Totally. It's almost more fun when you're ordering it because you're like, more looking at all the different pictures, you add to it, you add to cart, and then it comes and then you open it. And um, yeah, so I love that. You can kind of enjoy every part of the <laughs> also, process. Yeah. On the other, using that same example, sometimes you get really excited when you order it and you love that feeling of waiting for it. And then you get it and you're like, this is not what I ordered. Or like, this sucks. <laughs> or it looks different than, right? in, it appears different than in photos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's sometimes <laughs> how it feels with your actual manifestations. You're like, what the heck? Like, this is not even. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it didn't take away all the joy that I felt ordering it and waiting for it. And so that's where most of the life happens, right? You mentioned in between moments the other day. And, you know, the days where something physically manifests, you know, how many days actually is that? How many days in a year do we actually experience the physical thing coming to fruition? And how long does that last? You know, I'm thinking about even my uh, manifestation of the um, speaking event, the retreat, you know, that lasted for a moment where it was introduced to me, it was offered to me. And now here I am again in the in-between, right? And so am I going to wait for eight months? Who knows how long I was trying to manifest, several months, right? Am I just going to wait in anxious, you know, just dread waiting for that to happen. Well, it's like the the seed analogy. You know, you don't plant a seed and you don't just stand there over the dirt being like, when is it coming? When is it coming? That's so much more painful. It's like watching a pot of water boil that takes forever. But if you I can literally enjoy- did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I did that yesterday. It takes was, so long. Forever. When forever. you could just be putting it in the dirt, you can be then dancing, have a garden party, go do your thing, and then you come back and it's already out of the ground. And I think it's, you know, there's so much of life to enjoy. And I think when you can really step into a season of, you know, being that childlike energy and just observing and witnessing how much good is out there, it, it's crazy how much you can find. It's that confirmation bias thing that we talk about all the time. But most people are using that for the negative. They're just looking for all the things that are bad about their life. And they're, we're just automatically wired that way. But when you can constantly keep on working on that rewiring to keep on scanning for the good stuff, um, it, it just changes so much. But I love that. So you're manifesting more speaking engagements, which is already done. So now what? <laughs> What's next? That's What's it next for thing? now. That's it for now. And I'm going to use what you have suggested here today that the little Waldo exercise, kind mm. of like, you know, fo fo it's a focus game, honestly. You know, what awesome, amazing, beautiful things in my life can I focus on today? Because um, a lot of you are default focusing on really crappy things, mm. <laughs> the absence of things, you know, focus on the presence of what's already here. Um, focus on anything good you possibly can. It could be a small thing. It could be 
dog you saw on the street. You know, it could be anything at all. Mm, yeah, like a cute little puppy. What does it make you happier than that? Sometimes mm. I literally will watch very cute puppy videos if I need a boost and I just cannot focus on anything positive. I, I will just find anything. Sometimes it's a TV show. Sometimes it's I just stare at the wall. Sometimes it's going for walks. Sometimes it's talking to you. Sometimes it's a song. I think it just is that constant, okay, try the next one, try the next one until you can find something that does feel good to you. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully all of you can try that, you know, really aligning with something general that feels really good, that puts you in alignment with the reality you want to experience. And then, yeah, really getting curious about why do I want this thing so bad? Mm. You know, who do I get to be when it happens? What do I get to feel? Mm. And then like Gina said earlier, be that, be that person, feel that, feel that way now. And if you're feeling resistance to that, ask yourself why, Mm. you know, why is it so hard for me to feel this way right now? Why am I not allowing myself to feel that way? And then that's the inner work. That's when the deep stuff's going to come up. That's when like something probably from your childhood is going to come creeping around the corner and that's like, why, yeah, that's why manifestation is such a, it's so much bigger than yes. just like writing it down or having a vision board. It's so much bigger because you do need to be the version of yourself that is also ready for these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because if you were to get, you know, like even meeting you, if I had met you at a time where, I don't know, I was in a different mindset, like maybe, I don't know, that was a terrible example, but do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't think either of us would have been ready any any time before that or for the perfect partner or even for a child or for the job. You know, you have to trust that you're going to get it when you are ready. Um, but I think to take it a step further in the scanning of the Where is Waldo, one thing that's really helped me to develop self-love is just trying to find some things about yourself that you love every day. It was painful for me in the beginning to think of anything that I liked about myself. But if you can just start to appreciate, you know, and look in the mirror and say, you know, you did a good job today. Or, and, you know, if you can start to foster that relationship with yourself to start seeking the even the smallest things that you appreciate about yourself and start to open up the heart to that self-love, it will automatically open up your channel to receive more bottom line. So that's another trade, approach you could take. Trade your expectation for appreciation. Ooh, that mm-hmm. is a great place to end, I think. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much for joining me and Gina for this episode. We have honestly so much more to say about manifestation. I almost felt annoyed with myself in this episode because I felt like I can't get everything I need to say. This it's, is like part one of 472 because there's going to yeah. be many more to come. There's so much more to come, and um, soon we're going to be bringing on guests who are going to be talking about what they've manifested. We've got some really awesome people coming up pretty soon, so get excited for that. But if you like this episode, then hit subscribe. Tell us something kind. Join us on Instagram at Spiraling Higher, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. Here's to spiraling higher.